Log Talk Radio. Right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the House. How y'all doing out there? Hope everybody's had a great week and a great weekend. And this week has started off wonderful for you. Oh, man, we're back in today's show. is open conversation. Basically, it's open mic. So if there's something you want to talk about, hey, today's your day. That's right. Because there's a whole lot of stuff going on. And... Um, I don't know. I don't know how 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 how, how much we gonna get to, but we gonna get to as much as we can. All right. So we are gonna take it easy. We are gonna take it slow. And if we have to go overtime, I'll let you know. And uh, it's a possibility. That's for sure. Um, okay. And let's see. What else we got for you today? Um. Hey, we got some good music for you. Some um, Cowboy Troy, and we also have. Uh, Blake Shelton for you today as far as music. 
Yeah, some country, man. We're going to get some country in for you today. Oh, I'm telling you. Nothing like that good old country, right? <laughs> well, I should say that new country. But anyway, that's what we have in store for you. So sit back, relax, get your cocktails, and just get ready to call in. Let's have a conversation. Now, let me tell you how you can call in. How can you talk to Mr. Talk? It's simple. Well, first way is just call me. Pick up that phone, 347-838-8622 is the number. Uh, if you want to talk to me, just press the number one on your keypad, and we'll be ready to rock and roll. Okay, the way is the chat room is open. You can join the chat room at www.blogscribble.com. Okay, uh, if you happen to come into the chat room and you want to have a conversation with us in the chat room, you have to create a username, and um, you'll be able to talk to me that way. Or you can just sit as a guest and watch what's being typed. Your choice. <laughs> Your choice. And you can always hit me up with email at ericletstalk at gmail.com. Okay, so those are all the ways you can talk to me today. And as I said before, I do look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. It's an open conversation, basically open mic. So if you want to talk to me, today is your day. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You want to talk about President Trump? We'll talk about President Trump. You want to talk about, uh, I don't know, uh, anything else? Hey, we can talk about it. <laughs> because it's one of those days, baby. It is. It's one of those days. We're not going to be picky. That's right. Only thing I ask is you keep it clean. That's how I run my show, okay? Just keep it clean, and we can talk about anything you want to talk about. All right? <laughs> oh, okay. So, with all that being said, it's time for your music, man, because y'all know I always give you some music before we get started on the conversation. And I got two good ones for you today, Blake Shelton and Cowboy Troy. Yeah, baby. That's right, Mr. Talk, listen to a little country as well. I told y'all, man, I love my music. I don't know about you. It doesn't matter as long as it's good music, right? Right. All right. So without further ado, let's get it started with Mr. Blake Shelton. Let's do it. Yeah. 
like train coming round the bend. Go on, kid, folks, tell your mom and them. Chugga-lugga, chugga Ooh, the big black neck coming through to you. Boy, you done fell and bumped your head. Uh-huh, that's what you said. People say it's impossible, not probable, too radical. But I already been on the CMA. Tell Tim McGraw, said he liked the change, said he liked the way my hiccup sounds. And the way the crowd springs when I saw the ground. I'm big and black, clickety-clack. And I make the train jump the track like that. The boy making noise with a buffalo rose, less cinnamon bone, as you might have known. See me riding into town like a desperado with a big belt buckle, the cowboy bravado. All over the world wide web, you'll see download CBC on the MP3. Speak clearly what I'm saying so you comprehend. It's an never hiccup radio. Tune in. Rolling like thunder on the scene. It's kind of hard to describe if you know what I mean. I'm never going to be the hardest of the rubbish hard rock, but I'm booming at the box. Still got you jumping at the socks from Texas. Here I come. Moving your body with the face kick drum. some of that.
Yeah, little cowboy Troy, little Blake Shelton, then we finish it off with little baby face. We got love. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about right there. Okay, so anyway, hey, we got a little conversation going on in the chat room. Eddie One, Eddie One say, I want to talk about the present scenario going on now in this world that the scriptures call the drying up of the rivers. Now, anyone, we can have that conversation. I have no problem with that. Um, I'm not as probably uh, educated on that that part of it. You know, I tell no falsehoods here. Um, but you can always call call in, 347-838-8622, and let everybody know what you're talking about there, brother, because uh, brother or sister, I can't tell which one, and it really doesn't matter. Uh, hey. We can have that conversation, okay? Because uh, it's kind of hard to read and type and, <laughs> and, and and not share this information that you have in the chat room right now because it seems to be a very interesting thing. As I say, this show is called Let's Talk, and we talk about everything. So if you want to drop something to me, come on, come on. Don't you? Hey, y'all remember, I, I, I start singing on you. Right? <laughs> Yes, I will. I will start singing on you in a heartbeat, but I ain't going to do you like that right now. So in the meantime, in the meantime, let's go on and get started with the show, okay? Um, you know, here's, 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 leading up to the show, and let's go on and get it out of the way. Leading up to the show, man, I'll tell you, as I said last time I was on the air, man, it, it was so much going on. Sometimes it gets heavy, man. It gets real, real heavy. And you just don't know what you're going to do. Your mind is all over the place. You be thinking about this and thinking about that. And you be doubting this and doubting that. And you know what? After thinking about all that, especially after the last show, I, I, I've come to the, the conclusion that you know what's wrong? You won't really know what's wrong with the world. You really want to know what's wrong with the world. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with the world. It's the people in the world. <laughs> I'm just going to put it like that. It's the people in the world. And here is why I'm saying it's the people of the world. Because if you take a look at what's going on in Portland, across the nation, as far as... Uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, the presidency, uh, the Trumpsters. Well, I mean, just all the thought process that's going on. There's one common denominator in all of that. It is. It's one common and it's the people. It's the people. Now, I'm not saying that... uh, Everybody should conform to one train of thought or one thought process. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, when I say it's the people, it's really difficult for anybody to accept anything if you don't have open mind about it. You understand what I'm saying? When you go into a situation and your mind is already closed and your mind is already got set, uh, your perimeters, what you will accept and won't accept, you have defeated the purpose already. You have defeated yourself. You have defeated yourself. I think I said this on, on, on last time I was on the air. It's hard when you yourself don't want to change. It is. 
We we fight. We fight so much. Some people say Black Lives Matter is is a uh, terrorist organization. Then some come back and say, well, if you're going to classify Black Lives Matter as a terrorist organization, why hasn't the KKK been classified as a terrorist organization? If you're going to throw tear gas and and shoot rubber bullets at... um, Shoot rubber bullets at... um, Shoot rubber bullets at, at protesters, you know, why haven't you done it to KKK and, you know, other groups out there? And no matter who's asking for change, there's always some type of uh, battle or train of thought that it's not going to happen. We're not going to let it happen. We're not going to let it happen. Now, you know, I, I'm taking it and I'm, I'm looking at this thing from from far away because I'm not in, really involved in any you know, of it. And I think that gives me a, a little better perspective, per se. This is America. Okay? This is where you're supposed to have free speech. You're supposed to uh, be able to, you know, protest or, or Believe in what you believe in without any 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 repercussions. That's the way it's supposed to be. Notice I say supposed to be because that isn't the way it is. I don't care what your skin tone is, your ethnicity, because y'all know I don't like the word race because a race is a competition. You know that that has that is something that we have been conditioned to say and believe in. But I I I rather say ethnicity. Okay. Now, I don't care what your ethnicity is. I don't care, you know, who you worship. I don't care. The bottom line is, if you treat me like a human, I'm going to treat you like a human. We're all humans. We're all humans. And see, that is what we fail to, 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 to remember. That's what, what we, fail, we forget. Yeah, that's, that's what we forget. And, you know, once we forget that, that is where we fail each other. Yeah, we fail each other. We do. We, we fail each other. Now, here's an example. And I use this example all the time. Number one, I start with um, sports figures. Okay? I start with sports figures. We walk down the street every day, see protesters, we see KKK, we see whatever, and we can't stand them. No, we, we just despise them. America, what's this? America's in truth. Welcome to the show. Okay, so we, we see all these people, we can't stand them. But when you get in a stand or a stadium or whatever, you have no problem with these people. You have no problem with them. Okay, you don't. When it comes to music, it doesn't matter whether you you white, you black, you purple. You know, it does, your ethnicity doesn't matter. If you like an artist, you at a concert and they're giving uh, they're giving a, the artist is giving a concert. Everybody is right there having a good time. There's no problems. There is no problem. But once we leave, 
the confines of a stadium, the confines of a concert hall or what have you, all of a sudden, we don't like each other again. How does that work? We're all human. We're not all going to like the same thing. We're not. Hey, we're not even going to like the same people. That's a given. But at this point in our country, right now, we are at the, I think, some of the lowest we have really been. Because for some reason, we just can't accept uh, change. We can't accept the change. Change happens. That's a natural, natural act, change. The earth changes over time. We as humans change over time because we get older. You know, the same thing I did when I was 24 or 25, I can't even fathom doing it now. And I'm talking about athletically. That's change, people. It's going to happen. So, with all that being said, why is there such a battle now to change some things that have been wrong over time? That has been going on over and over and over and over. That we as humans know has been wrong. Well, I have a a thought on that as well. Number one, we let somebody else control what we think. We are letting someone else tell us what we want to do. Okay, American Indian Truth says everyone isn't human. Okay, all right, that's that's an interesting uh, um, thought right there. You know, I wish you call in and expand and talk about that a little bit. You know, just as I'm um, 81, yeah, I want to talk about it. Come on, 347-838-8622 is the number. I'd I like to know, you know, a little bit more about that. Um, You know, um, and, and as I, I look at this thing, it, it's just, it's so confusing and sad at the same time. It really is. It really is. Now, I'm a veteran, okay? I'm a veteran. I was involved in the Gulf War. I was involved in um, Iraq War and, you know, a few other things that nobody knows about. And as take a look back at that, you know, different people from all different types of communities, uh, states, even in some cases countries, and we all got along. Although we had our different points of view, when the bullets went to flying, all of that went out the window. It went out the window. When we came back, some of these, we were closer to some of them than we were our own actual families. So what is wrong now? What, what, what the heck is wrong? Has life gotten that hard? Has 
C-19 cause this much craziness? You know, I, I saw a um, thing on social media the other day, and it was really, really interesting to where somebody had put on there that George Floyd had this amount of fentanyl in his system, blah, 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 blah. So did that still, did that man still deserve to have a knee placed on his neck to where he couldn't breathe? I think not. I don't care what he had in his system. I, You know, I can understand if he was throwing punches. You know, he had them through a couple of uh, law enforcement officers against a wall or something, but that didn't happen. Did it? No. But that's where we are. That's where we are. The caring, the concern for each other is no longer there. Now, some were questioning, was it ever there or was it just a front? I guess depending on who you talk to and who you are individually within yourself. I I, I just, I'm confused right now. I am. I'm confused about it because I see on one one um, side we can get along. It's been proven. Then here you have the other side where all of a sudden we can't get along. Given a, a circumstance or a statement that's made or action that's taken, all of a sudden we're at each other's throats. So where's the common ground, people? Why can't we listen to each other and find a solution to, well, I guess we all can do whatever we're going to do? I don't know. Just just me thoughting, me thoughting some things. <laughs> hey, where you go? Now, I just want to bring you in. Where you go? You left me. All right. Well, we keep going. Yeah. Uh, I think we... Um, it's just crazy, and I don't know what what is the solution. What is the solution, people? Um, eighty one says, no doubt we live in a society of such mass contradictions and so much greed. We lack the ability to truly wish one another well until a truly efficient and non-abusive society within true peace might dwell and be preserved. Hey, I'm not arguing with that. (laughs) I'm not not arguing with that. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I I I really don't know. I, I don't. And as I think on it and dwell on it a little bit more, it just becomes it, it becomes so confusing. It becomes confusing. Maybe that is why our existence is so we can figure this thing out, right? We can figure it out. We can figure it out. Among ourselves. But once we start stop being led by the nose, by news media, by politicians, 
by uh, uh, religious leaders. Yeah, I'm 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 putting them in there as well. Yeah, we have to think for ourselves. That's all we can do. Start thinking for ourselves. It's, 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 it sounds so simple, but we make it so hard. We really do. We make it hard. All right, once again, this is open mic, open conversation. So if you want to call in with something, talk to me. 347-838-8622 is the number. Uh, we got plenty of time. We really do. Um, American Indian Truth says, for starters, we could stop calling ourselves Black, African American, and all other misnomers. <laughs> okay. Sarge 1C, welcome to the show. Um, okay. Indian, American Indian truth. All right. For starters, we can stop calling ourselves black, African-American, and all over misnomers. Okay. Um, yes. I wouldn't have a problem with that. But at the same time, so what would be, uh, uh, what shall we call ourselves? We so-called black Americans are the original inhabitants of the Americas. Okay, even with that, what are we going to call ourselves? What, are, what, what, what is the new label slash label slash title going to be? We should call ourselves American Indigenous. Huh, American Indigenous, okay, all right. Or whatever your tribe nation is. Hmm, Interesting. You know, that is wonderful. That that is that is a great great idea. It really is. But the only problem with that thought process is we are so far gone from our original tribes or indigenous uh, areas. And have been mixed in with each other for so long, we wouldn't even know where to start. Okay, America in the truth says not true, not true at all, my brother. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> all right. If that is the case, then, if we go that route, see, I, I, I think this is where we kind of go off the rails. We, we we go off the rails here a little bit, you know, because we're, we're, I mean, I see what you're talking about, American Indian truth, okay? I understand. Before we can do anything else, we have to know who we are. I understand that. I, I got it. I, I think that is okay. I got it. However, however, what about everybody else? What about everybody else? Hmm. 
See, we, we, we get caught up in a lot of stuff that, yeah, I mean, there's this is our land, this is their land, this is your part of the country, this is our part of the country, this is your part of the world. But even if that's the case, we constantly fighting each other. That is what I'm talking about. Why are we constantly fighting each other when, you know, it, okay, I see you. Let me bring you in. All right. Okay. 610. You in. Talk to me. Who do I have? <laughs> What's here? up, my brother? What's, What's up, going brother? on? <laughs> How you feeling, man? I'm wonderful, <laughs> man. I'm feeling great. Man, that's great, man. This is like my second time on the show. I, I like the show a lot, man. I must admit. So, well, thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. So the, I think the problem is that we don't know who we are as a people. You know, we call ourselves okay. so many misnomers. We call ourselves black. We call ourselves African-American. All these terms were created by the government, you know, and any term that they create, they own. You know what I'm saying? So when they when we when we uh, when we acquiesce to their terms, to their creations, right, then they own mm-hmm. it, basically. You know, we become under their jurisdiction, under their jurisdictions and we uh, we must, you know, basically be their slaves. But. The truth is, the so-called Black Americans—we are the original—we uh, are the original inhabitants of this land. When I say that we should not call ourselves Black, I say that because Black is an adjective. Black is not uh, a people. Black is an adjective. It is a descriptive word. My cell phone is Black. My skin color is not Black. You know, you, it is very detrimental to call a people a color, even to call people white, to call uh, Caucasians white is literally calling them God, you know what I'm saying? And to call us black is saying that we have no rights, we have no heritage, no customs, no traditions, no anything, because there's no land called black land. There's absolutely no flag uh, flown for black people. The United Nations does not have a flag that represents black people at all, right? Everyone comes from a land mass. And when you get down to the nitty-gritty and when you ask who were your grandparents, you know, when you ask the majority of so-called African-Americans who our grandparents are, and who, you know, their parents were and who, you know, was in our blood, we all know that we're American Indians. But it's just that we've been miseducated and told that we come from Africa because the whole premise of colonization is to exploit the resources of the indigenous peoples. We so-called black Americans here in the United States are the true indigenous inhabitants of and original inhabitants of this land. We've been here from time immemorial. The transatlantic slave trade is BS. I mean, the, the transatlantic slave trade narrative is a complete BS. It never happened. It was logistically impossible. That's why there's absolutely no evidence of it ever taking place. There are no slave ships, but yet we still call ourselves African because we've been taught that in school. They made a huge claim. And they have nothing to back their claim up. They have absolutely no evidence to prove that they brought 24.5 million or any number of Africans from the west coast of Africa into the Americas as slaves. Three major crops of the of the of the slave of the, the uh of of the enslavement was sugarcane, tobacco, and cotton. All three of those crops are indigenous to the Americas. It would it would make no sense to bring Africans from Africa to cultivate crops that they know nothing about, to grow on a land that they know nothing about, right? So mm-hmm. it's all BS. And any any and I will debate anybody concerning this uh this topic because we have so many Pan Africans, so many Hebrews, so many Moors, so many People that are, you know, that go by all these other misnomers and all this other BS, 
who claim that we are indigenous to Palestine, we come from Africa, we anywhere but the very soil that's under our feet. And I challenge anybody to a debate concerning who the true American indigenous peoples are, you know, period. You know what, brother? I I do not argue with anything. I I really can't uh, argue with anything you said. I really can't because you're right. And I I do feel that way uh, for the majority of it. But what I'm, I'm trying to get to, okay, even though... You know, we are beginning to to find out more and more about our history, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, how spread out we were, you know, what we did own and didn't own. Okay, I understand that, and that's that's a battle within itself that we're gonna have to continue to do. However, when I I think where I'm at now, um, uh, is how do we make ourselves better now where we are? Okay, and not just isolate ourselves, but but to make the world a better place. That, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. How do we make the world a better place? I mean, I understand, okay. and I've, I've had many individuals on the show, and like you said, you know, we're the true Moors. You know, we're a Hebrew Israelite. Well, blah 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 blah. Well, personally, I have problem with labels. Okay, because I feel like I shouldn't put myself. Uh, label myself to be in a specific group, okay? Because I truly believe we weren't put here just to be in, you know, isolated in one small group and say, okay, that's it, that's where we're going. No, no, that we we can't because now we have we we live in a in a, a society or an era now that has been so so diluted and no, well, I'm gonna leave it at diluted. Okay, and conditioned and confused to now it's time, even though we are learning more, which is good because we should always know our history. But even that, we must move forward. That's what I'm saying. We must move forward. So let's say we find out that we own all of we we actually are the 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 owners of all the land, blah, 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 blah. So are we going to take and claim on our land? get it all back, and then reverse the situation that's going on now. All of a sudden, we become the, the ruling majority, and then now everybody else has to suffer the same way we have suffered over these years. What? How does that solve anything? I guess that's where I'm going with it. How does that solve anything? Well, absolutely. See, that is natural law. That is karma, in effect, right? And here's the thing. Uh, we spend so much time casting our nets so far out into the world and trying to make the world a better place. They forget to start where the soil touches our very own feet. Now, now we're so busy trying to make South Africa better, and, and we're too busy, so busy protesting for, you know, the people of China. And, and, you know, we we like I say, we cast our nets so far into the world that we forget our very own neighborhoods, right? I'm sure a lot of our people listening are probably Christian, which I'm not. I don't subscribe to that. But a lot of our people are Christian, and your Bible says, that Bible says that, to start in Jerusalem and then in Judea and then in Samaria and then in the uttermost parts of the earth. So you can't really have an effect on the world until you start at home. See what I'm saying? So okay. we got to start at home when the soil touches our feet. And then, because uh, you know, we got to worry about our own people first. We can't, we can't think about making the world a better place and that whole kumbaya bullshit because 
The thing is, the world ain't thinking about that concerning our, our people, right? They don't give a shit about our people because we're, they, they look at us as stupid, wayward people because we, we, we call ourselves black. We have no culture, right? They say we have no heritage and we have no history because we're, we're black people, and black is absolutely nothing. But, you know, so my, my answer would be to start where the soil touch our feet. That is the answer. We got to stop casting our nets so far onto the world because the world don't give a shit. Start at home, mm. right? Sit okay. home. Even on an airplane, when, they, when, the, when, the, when the flight attendant gives the instructions, she say, put your own mask on, right? Put your own oxygen mask on before you try to help the person next to you, right? Mm-hmm. So right. before we try to help our neighbors and all these other, uh, all these other foreigners and all these other, uh, you know, nationalities around the world, no, we need to st- we need to start with our own people, right? We so-called Black Americans need to start with our own people, and we need to wake up and realize that this is our land. Because when we realize that this is our land, it's a game changer, and we hold the highest status in our land. See, because right now we're at the bottom of the totem pole because. We call ourselves black, and there are absolutely no laws written to protect black people on the books or anyone who call themselves African-American Negroes. Look it up. Even the Civil Rights Act of 1968, which was written after Martin Luther, Martin Luther King uh, Jr. was assassinated, is written to the American Indian. American Indian is mentioned over 80 times in the Civil Rights Act of 19, uh, 1968 which is also known as the rights of Indians. Look it up. You know, mm-hmm. that's what our grandparents were marching for. They were marching for all these rights. And the government, Lyndon B. Johnson and Congress, actually passed the bill, which is the Civil Rights Act of 1968, which I'm sure our people never really read. We always talk about the Civil Rights Movement and the Civil Rights Marches, but we never talk about the Civil Rights Act, Public Law 90-284. We need to look it up and realize that we are the people of this land. Even the very first definition of American, which was published in 1828, says a native of America originally applied to the aboriginals or copper-colored races of people found here by the Europeans. Or aboriginals or copper-colored races of people found here by the Europeans. Copper is the color of a penny. You know, we are the copper color. We are the original people of this land. We are the copper people of this land. You know, don't let anybody fool you. Them, them Native Americans who claim to be the indigenous peoples of the of, of this land, walking around looking like Chinese people and and uh and Europeans, are not uh-huh. are not the original people. In 1867, the United States government purchased Alaska from Russia mm-hmm. for 7.2 million dollars, right? Right. And all right. of the natives of that land of Russia, the different Russian tribes, the the nomadic tribes, and the Nets people, the Altai, the Mi'kmaq the Sami, the Ivenki, look it up. You know, hmm. don't believe anything I'm saying. I want everybody to look up what I'm saying and know that what I'm saying is true. They okay. became the natives well. of America because that land became newly new United States territory. And all of those okay. people, all those Russian nomadic tribes became natives, native Americans. And that's why they, they are TP people. You know, the nomadic people live in TPs. They, they move around, you know, so they got to build their houses and tear them down. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. We're the aborigines of this land. We have log. We had log cabins, and you know we had mounds that we lived in, and and you know huts and stuff like that, and brick houses. We didn't. Mm-hmm. We okay. had long houses, row homes. We didn't use TPs. So those posers who call themselves Native Americans, who are federally uh-huh. recognized by the government, by the by the United States Incorporated, you know, uh-huh. 
are not the right. indigenous peoples of this land. We so-called African Americans are the indigenous peoples of this land. They're true indigenous peoples of this land. And here's the other thing. The term right. African American has only been since 1988. Jesse Jackson invented that term, all right? So we have right. not been right. called African before that, before 1988. So don't get it right. twisted. Right. All right. I, I got some other people who want to come in into this conversation. But I, I got you, brother. Hold on. Let me bring some more people in. Let's see if we can have this conversation. All right, Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Uh, is Are it me? Doing? Yes, it's you. Oh, well, Mr. Talk, it's been too long. It's Sarge here. Oh, Lord. What's going on, Sarge? How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, man. And so many misperceptions and so little time. Where do I begin? All right. All right. All first right. of well, all, let's start, let's start with what I have just heard. I'd like to take on each, many of the points, one okay. by one. All right. I hold on for a minute, Sarge. Sarge, Sarge, Sarge hold on for a minute. All right. Because, you know, we, we, been, we go back a long way. So I do know... Um, I do know uh, uh, you get riled up, so, you know, keep it level, okay? And we we have the conversation. Huh? All right. I'll be succinct, I promise. Okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. First of all, you got to understand that when that definition came out in 1828, it was, in fact, accurate. Native Americans were Americans. They were on the American continent, and they were indigenous to the American continent. Uh, people, Europeans that were in the uh, subject to the jurisdiction of the United States were either residents of the United States or citizens of the United States. It always irritates me when I hear Americans call themselves Americans, which in a general sense is true, but Canadians are Americans too. So how do you tell this with Canadian that says, Canadian says, I'm an American, and a United States citizen that says, I'm an American? They're both Americans. Both are true. That doesn't tell you what nationality they are. So in 1828, they were even more acutely aware of the fact that the people who uh, the Europeans discovered when they came here were indigenous to the American continent. It was accurate to call them that. Number two, uh, um, American Indians were mentioned in the 1968 Civil Rights Act simply because the United States government negotiated treaties with American Indian tribes. I mean, we've got 150 of them on the books that are still extant today. Witness the recent Supreme Court ruling on Oklahoma, saying that uh, federal courts have to take into account whether or not a person is subject to tribal jurisdiction before they can render uh, um, uh, jurisdiction or, uh, uh, or um, standing over a particular legal case. That's why they did it. They negotiated treaties with them as sovereign nations. Remember. Indians did not become citizens of the United States if they were subject to tribal jurisdiction until 1924 by an act of Congress, okay? They were separate nations. That's why they had to mention them specifically in the 1968 Civil Rights Act because they were, again, a subject, uh, essentially sovereign entities. By the way, you don't have to have any Indian DNA to be a member of an Indian tribe. If you are accepted into an Indian tribe under their rules, you are an Indian for purposes of the law. So even then, it's not a racial distinction. So when we get when we get this stuff, we hear this stuff, you know, and, and then we call the United States Corporation. Look, I got my copy of the Constitution right here in front of me. I'm looking at it right now. 
I just re- 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 went through it again. I see three references to a republic, small r republic in the Constitution. I don't see one reference at all anywhere in that document, 68 pages, that says the United States is a corporation. So I'm going to go with the Constitution because that's the green law of the land. I'm not going to go with a corporation. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm still waiting for somebody just to uh, prove me wrong, what I said, as far as the, the, <laughs> the, the, did, the so-called American, the so-called okay. Amer- um, black American is the American Aborigine, period. Uh-oh. We did okay. not come from Africa. We did not come from Africa, whether we did not come from Africa, whether you subscribe to the out of Africa theory or whether you subscribe to the transatlantic slave trade narrative. They're both not accurate at all. Sorry. They're both absolutely sure. false. In, in 1828, they clearly subscribed to the notion that the indigenous people were, in fact, Americans. That's no other way to call them. They're on the, North, they're on the American continent. The South American continent and the North American continent. They're American. But, but citizens of the United States Listen, the term native is a vague term which only means born, right? So Native American, you could be a Chinese, you can have Chinese, you could be full-blood uh, Asian, Chinese or, or Japanese. And if you're born in on American soil, you are a Native American. Am I right? Because Native only means no, born. Sir. Now, when I, say, when I talk about sir. American Aboriginal. Okay, Listen, the, on, Native American, true, the Native American, was a, Native American was a politi- political party, right? It was called the Know Nothing Party. The political party first. They were called the Know Nothing Party, and it, compri- it, it, was, it was comprised of people from Ireland and just a bunch of immigrants who came over. I mean, it was comprised of immigrants who were born here on the soil, right? And they were fighting, they were fighting against the immigrants who were coming over because they felt like they had more rights because they were Native. Americans. The, the movie uh, Gangs of New York uh, talks about it perfectly. It's the story of that exact thing that I'm talking about. And they even mentioned that they are Native Americans, and, and they are clearly Irish and Scot- Scottishmen, right? But they call themselves Native Americans because they were born on the soil. It does not make them American Aborigines. What I'm saying is that the so-called, um, the so-called Black Americans are the American Aborigines. Period. We did not. Come, we we've been here from time uh, immemorial. Huh. Interesting. Sir, All right. Hold uh, on. Let me sir, hold on. Hold, hold on, Sarge. Hold on, Sarge. Let me bring Ed in first, okay? And then once Ed said what he has to do, we can go and have have this. this we can go back and, and have this um discussion, okay? Hold on. Let me bring Ed in. All right, Ed. Are you there, <laughs> sir? Yes, sir. I'm here, and I have right. been listening. Man, I got a lot of things I want to say about some of the things that I've already heard some others say um, that I could perhaps share some light on. But, I, hey, man, the crux of the matter is something that we, as a society, let's just say our society that we've been uh, groomed by, has right. suffered for so long because there's so many facts about the nature of being itself that we have chosen in the midst of this confusion to ignore. That is a huge, huge, huge problem. But uh, as far as some of the things that I've heard here, I would just simply say, number one, that if I were to talk about my own personal case, uh, I come from a long line of centenarians. Uh, A lot of folks in my family have gotten on both sides, gotten to be in their hundreds. Uh, So I got a chance, thankfully, to hear wisdom from folks 
that were 100 years old that could tell you about folks 100 years before that. And I can say personally, in my own bloodline, I can definitely talk about, you know, <laughs> where people came through. Sierra Leone came through the islands and came here, and I can talk about a whole lot of indigenous blood in the tribes the tribes where we came from. In fact, uh, my dad even found out that I got some Geronimo in me. So, hey, man, uh, Mandinka in me too. So, uh, you know, I'm not debating about all that. I mean, we can we can def- we had enough references. Uh, my dad had the opportunity uh, to do a lot of do, to do a whole lot of research and start searching through some things, some things that we found out about. So, you know, I, I would not say that uh, some of us don't have African blood, but the truth of the matter, if we really want to go back far enough, is that Africans came to this land and inhabited this land and do whatever you want to call it in terms of living on this land well before the times that most people want to talk about. So that's another issue altogether. That's one. So we can talk about that if we want to, but here's one of the things that gets me more than anything else. Uh, Okay. Let me ask you a question. The more we become divided, or let's just say, let's say incorporating, giving ourselves to incorporate and allow so many social differences, my question to ask is when are we going to wake up and realize something very, very important? There is an, a very old ancient word that I could speak of that tells mankind what its purpose is. And none of the factions of all these people who want to maintain all these partial, perverse, intrusive, let's just say forgetful systems, want to talk about what that very ancient word is that tells man his purpose. Do you want to know what that okay. word is? Uh, the word, that word has, number one, I would tell you that word incorporates four basic principles. But the word is neshama. And the word actually is used in the scriptures, not many times, but it's one time in particular, it's in Genesis 2 and 7. And a lot of people don't realize, but a lot of these words go well before the time the Bible was ever written. If you go back to the semantics, uh, understand some things from uh, even, say, pre-Diluvian times. But that word, neshama, has in it encoded four words. One of the words is, later on they can call it the Hebrew word, nakam. Another word is shem. Another word is shema. Another word is ama. Those words have such critical meaning that I believe that if humanity understood just the meaning of that word, we realize that we're going to have to do something about remembering so much that we forgot. I'll just see if I can try to explain this. Just it's a starting. This is just a fundamental, some basic, basic fundamental. A lot of implications uh-huh. on it. Uh-huh. But that word not means that we are all, number one, to realize that we are here to resonate the mind of our maker, not the mind of anyone else. Any intrusion, any, any intrusion of addition, or take away is a separation from the principle of life itself. Life does not contain in it, or the principles of life don't have in them any contradictions uh, until any kind of depravity or attrition. 
That word knock'em says that we are commanded as a people. Man created initially as an anointed being, something we forgot, something we've fallen away from. Man was created as an anointed being to resonate the mind of his creator. And if ever there be any differences amongst us at all, that we fall away from our greater purpose as human beings, even to become beastly, if we fail to reason or seek together to learn or remember all that we have forgotten so that we can repair the damage and become one. Uh, the scriptures, when they use that word, also use a word that's similar, that word knock them, and the concept which says, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. And it means we ought to seek our all, have an obligation to seek beyond ourselves to assure that we remain in a relationship, remain in relationship with our creator. If we fall away from it, then now guess what? There's no atonement, no atonement, no forgiveness until we seek again the mind of the one, that there be no divisions, or let's just say divisions against the vision, till we again have a reference point for reverence. That word knock'em has a lot of meaning. They but then, hold, put on, it in the hold, on, mm-hmm. hold on for a minute, because, okay, so are we still talking about Genesis 2 and 7, or are you talking about yes, something Yes, we are. Because I'm talking I mean, initially about Genesis 2 and 7, because okay. they put down there, they put in the they put down there in the Bible and the most have breathed in the man the breath of life. But that word for breath right. of life is actually that word knock'em. And it means the breath uh, okay. of constancy. Think about it that uh-huh. way. The breath of constancy in communion with the maker. To make a long story short, that's a lot of what it means. That word shim, shema, that even those those words even relate to that we are always to honor the mind of the creator. They don't tell you in, 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 in a lot of traditional churches, but the word for Gentile or nation, the word goyim, means those who refuse after their own personal avarice to reason as one. That is beastly. That is not the character of a reasoning mind. You've got to think about that for a minute. That word shim or shema relates to the idea that shim itself means we are to honor, or put it this way, the creator does not sign a contract that he did not write. He will not sign a contract that has been altered or anything taken away outside of an agreement with his mind. We have forgotten that. And one of the really critical issues in that word neshama is this, the word ama. It's the word for master and servant, but it really means that whoever will be master among you, you must all be diligent to preserve the integrity of a conscience so that whoever is a master over you must first be a servant of the maker. We have drastically forgotten that. And we've gotten to the point that, like polytheist pagans, the more depraved things become, the more we admit admit or allow misideals to come into our conscience. What we have forgotten is that so much that it was written, even of earliest man, even from the time we're going to talk about that way, going back to the time of the garden, if you want to talk about it, there are more than enough stories across the world that relate the ideas that one day will come, let's just say, the snakehead crusher, if you will. The word was Ophiuchus. It means one who destroyed the double-tongued snake. Or all these variant ideals that keep us from being one. And most of us don't realize how much those who are in places of power maintain partial and corrupt standards to keep the people under their control so we can't reason together. And that is innately demonic. So we have given ourselves to be satisfied 
with all these variances that we are tricked into thinking is freedom, but it's actually bondage to a lesser mind. So we were never to be subject to any lesser mindscape. That is inhuman. That is not purpose. Okay. Now, and, okay, before I, I ask any questions, Sarge um, and young man, I'm sorry I forgot your name, brother, because I know you called in a couple of times. Uh, do y'all have any questions for Ed before I go forward? Please. Well, no, I don't have any questions for Ed necessarily other than peripherally. Um, you know, I, you know, I, it's, it's really getting a bit maddening for me to have all of this absolute concern over immutable characteristics that you had nothing whatsoever to do with. You had no say-so in your ancestors or your parents. Now, I was curious as to what makes me, makes me up physically, and I believe in science. A lot of people don't. So a lot of people not, might not believe in what I'm about to say. But in order to minimize the likelihood of error from one particular testing lab or other, I decided to have a DNA test done. I had three done because I figured maybe one might screw up. I wanted to see if they would agree with each other to a great extent before I make any decisions about what my genetic ancestry is. Okay? I think we can all pretty much conclude it's reasonably reliable by now. Uh, if you don't, fine. Then we, we don't have a basis for discussion here. But anyway, yeah, I, had no, three, uh, DNA tests done. I had the three DNA tests done. They all substantively disagreed with each other. All of them, there was only a slight variation in percentages of my ancestors, only a slight degree of differentiation, along with one test that gave me 1% Finnish ancestry. Now, I don't think I'm Finnish in any sense, any more than I think from my other DNA requirements. I don't think I'm Germanic because I've got Saxon ancestry. I've got Irish, Scots, and Welsh ancestry. I've got Ghanaian ancestry that makes up like a... 7% of my uh, genetic background. Nigerian is like 17%. Um, you know, I, I got 2% Spanish. I got 5% Spain, which comports with my mother's side of the family because they were all Cajuns from Louisiana. So a lot of this stuff comports what I already know about my, my history, my family history going back 150 years. It's of interest to me only because I want to know as much about myself as possible and about where I came from but I don't think any of those ancestors are me. I am a natural-born citizen of the United States of America, for better or for worse, for good and for bad, and all that entails. And I was brought up as in the, yes, I'm going to use the word, black culture of the United States, which is my most significant legacy. But my bigger legacy overall, I mean, it's most significant to me, because that's where I was raised, in Chicago, and who were my southern relatives visiting them throughout the south in my youth. Every summer, we'd go down to Louisiana, Texas, Arkansas, and visit my southern relatives. So I got that part of the culture, too. That's what's important to me. Not this stuff that's 2,000 years in the past, or even 500 years in the past, or 300 years in the past. My Irish, Scotch, Welsh ancestors, they're all important to who I am. I wouldn't exist if they weren't there. But nonetheless, I don't think I'm them. I'm a natural-born citizen of the United States, and that's it. And I'm going to have to make my way in this country, under this jurisdiction, under this sovereignty, and I'm not concerned about anything else. 
Well, okay. I, I just need to say two things. I'm sorry you wasted your money on those DNA tests. And uh, I'm just also sorry hey, to hear, like, one of my elders speak this way. But as far as not being, not caring about who you are, you know, saying that you're not your ancestors. Because actually, you are your ancestors. And, you know, I understand if you're saying you don't care what the DNA results were. That's fine. Because no, the no, DNA, no, that's no, bullshit. No, no. I care about but what that. I'm saying I is, care. if you don't care, if you don't care about who you descend from, then that's a problem. You don't think that's a problem? Wait a minute, I just sent some Irishmen and Scotsmen too. How much concern do I have for them? Oh, I just wiped them out of my DNA, which means I don't how exist. Do you, See, how do you know that's you why do? you have to tell me. I think that's why you have to try to convince me that DNA tests don't show anything. Because, see, they do. They all agreed with each other. They were independent labs. They're not working in concert with each other. They're all supposedly agreed with each other except for one of them, which had me being descended 1% of me from Finland. Other than that, they're pretty much the same. So, wait, I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand. Who do I I wipe out of my ancestry? Who do I get rid of? I'm only supposed to count for the Nigerians and the Ghanaians and the Cameroonians and the Congolese and the Bantu people and the Malians and the Senegalese and the Ghanaians and the French and the Swedes and the Spains and the Germans, and the Scots, and they, they don't count. Is that it? I don't think that's it, though. Oh, you asked me? Can I, finish, can, I, can I respond to that? That sounds like that's what yeah. you're saying to me. You're okay, saying so, to me that I shouldn't be concerned, that I should be concerned right. about who my uh, ancestors were. He just got through uh, telling me I should be concerned about who my ancestors were. But then again, if I say all of my ancestors, I suspect the gentleman might not be too concerned about them. Well, no. All I'm saying is that uh, the DNA tests are fraudulent. You know, 60 Minutes did an entire uh, episode on the ancestry test, and the ancestry companies actually came on and said it's only like 0.000001% of truth in it. You know, it's really for uh, – for, Entertainment purposes. Like you can go and look that up on YouTube. Wait, it's right there. The six minute special. Wait, now, wait, hear me so out. Let me finish. Seen, Let me finish, Let me finish sir. I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. So the ancestor. That's why I say I'm sorry you wasted your money on doing the ancestry test. But you got to know that these ancestry companies are also owned by the Mormons, right? All the all this all the the, the census records when the, when the foreigners were coming into Ellis Island and Angel Island and, and you know Ellis Island, New York and Angel Island, San Francisco, when they were coming in, it was the, the Mormons who were collecting the data, and they have all the data in Utah for some I don't I still don't know why it's weird, but they have all these census records and all these no, family no, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear no, me out. I, no. So, I've searched oh, county records on my family going back for 160 years, and the genetic results comport with what I know of my family ancestry from public records, not in, Saint, uh, not in, in Utah. From okay, Louisiana, so from Illinois, from Milwaukee, from Ohio, and other places. All right. Well, I've got corroboration both on a scientific basis and on the basis of public record. So I'm not just saying yeah. this off the top of my head. You don't have to yell, but what I'm saying is I'm sorry you wasted your money on a DNA test. I, I that's know, fine you that you did the due diligence. I don't think I did. Right. 
Right. I know you did your due, you did your due diligence and, and you went through the census records yeah, and the public records. Yeah. Okay, so upon but, what records are we to rely then? Since you, you say we rely can't rely on, on public records because the Mormons collecting them and we can't rely on DNA testing because it's fraudulent according to 60 Minutes and you. So then tell me, what do we rely upon? It's best to always Grio, be on birth records. We birth rely upon griots. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, Sarge. Hold on, Sarge. Because you keep going bit round and round and round, and your questions come back to the same thing. Oh, Who should we, re- what should we rely on? We can't rely on. Right. He told me okay. what I can't so, rely on. So I'd like to Sarge, ask him, what do you rely on? Calm down, Sarge. Don't blow a vein. You know, I got to keep telling you that. Things ain't changed. You should be blowing veins around here. Hold on, Sarge. Hold on, man. Hold on, Sarge. Thank you. Now, you know, your question is a good question, Sarge. It is. However, you know, I'm sitting here listening and thinking, and I, I honestly, I have to go back to what Ed said, you know, when you go back to Genesis 2 and 7. I mean, that explains it right there. Um, it, it, It's, you know, this, this is the thing where we get to thinking and trying to interject you know, uh, uh, what we think is logic here. And I think Ed hit it on the head. It's right there in two and, Genesis 2 and 7. Now, I may be wrong. I, I may be wrong, okay? Um, but, you know, we are all mixed with something in, in today's society, in today's world. We are, you know. But, here, in, the here. Beginning, but in the beginning... You know, we were the only thing we were were according to the Bible for those that read the Bible and follow the Bible, you know, or, or whatever religious thing, you know, we we're created in the image of the Creator, right? Of God, uh, yeah. Whoever, okay. So that was back then. Here we are. Here we are now, 2020, and now you know we're 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 facing this. Identity crisis, I guess you can call it, as to who I'm are we? Not. You know, Sarge. You know, I got this mute button, right? Okay. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, <laughs> okay. I'm not identity crisis. I have no problems <laughs> right. whatsoever. So, all right. So, so one, one. Well, okay. You wanted, you wanted the so-called ones that don't have, you know. In, in general, you talk individually. I'm talking about as a, a, a people, uh, totally. Okay. Um. So, with that being said, and looking at the condition of where we are today, maybe that is the issue. You know, besides, you know, people like Sarge that has his DNA and he knows all the little different, you know, different people he is mixed with, um, ethnicities he's mixed with, so forth and so on. Um, maybe that's it. Maybe that, maybe, maybe that is it. I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to summarize what Ed said and, and kind of bring some 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 uh, I guess say logic to this this discussion right now, um, but I don't know. I let Ed clear it up because that that's the way I'm seeing it right now. Originally we were one people. We were, everybody was one people. Now all of a sudden we we broke from that and you know down the line we separated, did our own thing, and now here we are 2020 and we still trying to decide who we are, where we came from, who owns this, who got that, and. The bottom line is we're not treating each other right, regardless of who we are. 
I think that's the bottom line, and that is the issue that needs to be fixed. I may be wrong in that thinking, but that's the way I'm I'm thinking right now. So, um, my young brother, do you have anything else to say before I bring Ed back? Uh, you know what? No, I think, hey man, nope, not at all, because I'm I still haven't been proven wrong, and I'm not trying to sound like well, actually, you know what? I am sounding cocky because it's talking about my people. You know what I'm saying? It's talking about the true identity of my people. And I need people to understand. I need my people to understand who they truly are. You know what I'm saying? Because the whole entire world know who we are, but yet we don't, you know? So we need to wake up basically and realize this is our land and stop listening to these gatekeepers who call themselves elders, you know what I'm saying? Who, who, who tell lies concerning where we come from. You know, who subscribes to the Marcus Garvey, you know, Garveyism and Pan-Africanism and all that stuff. Nah, that's that's it. Like, that's not even real. That's not even true. You know, we are the true people of this land. We are the original people of this land, and no one can disprove that. Uh, I think I can. I'm done. All right. All right, Ed, you still there? Oh, yes, sir. Okay, come on, talk to me. Man, you know, I'm listening to all this, listening to all this, but, you know, so I have to ask this question. Which came first, all this confusion or what was one? Why did all the order that was set in the earth before man began to argue for refusing in his, let's just say, arrogance and ignorance, refusing to seek to understand what is necessary to, uh, let's just say, remain much more cooperatively tribal? What happened to our tribal instincts? What about the idea about the earth itself being sacred, man being a steward upon it to preserve the integrity of its purpose, even the integrity of our purpose collectively together? Did we forget that all these aberrations, we all talk about this people, that people, the other people? Hey, the ancient concept of a people, if you want to use that word ethnos, relates who is ultimately that which, uh, let's just say, shapes your conscience. You talk about being a people. I mean, can any people be a light to the world when they themselves are so variant in their own perceptions? Uh, that concept of Shema that's in that word Nishama says point blank that our ultimate rule is that we should be one. And if we fall away from that being one in conscience, we got a serious problem. Like I said, all these various nations, all these various politicizations, can a pluralist society be true to the will of one? Can it be true to the truth? Is what we need to ask. Do we have a right to always lie to one another because we want to perpetuate ignorance rather than ask for what is necessary after a constant conscience, which I believe is supreme above us all? Do we just sit back and just say, okay, well, we're going to forget him because we're going to sit back. We have an inalienable right to our own idea of freedom to set the parameters that we want to say are our own personal designs of liberty, as if to just put the creator completely out of the picture <laughs> and not even ask him for what he said. Well, but let's just say ancient man understood that one day all this will be brought back together. Uh, I have a show on Blog Talk, and I, last night, I've been, in the last few shows, I've been talking about something. Um, this society has a seriously, seriously warped concept that they translated, they called a new covenant. That word new that's down there does not mean something made new. It's something new per se or as if it's later or as if it nullifies what was before. 
It's not talking about the time sequence. It's talking about a renewing to what was before. And if you don't know the truth about it, all the prophecies, and this is not just among the Israelites. Long before there was an Israelite, there was also the concept, always the concept, that one day where all the nations have been confused and divided, they shall be brought again to one conscience. That was always the expectation. And this society talks about a new covenant. Well, go back and look at those scriptures closely. It talks about first restoring the tribes of, of Israel as to what they were before, before Rehoboam split the tribes, restoring that covenant that the rest of the world might recognize the truth. Now, everybody's assuming, everybody doesn't believe that, I know. Um, I'll put it to you this way. I know the Most High showed me some scrolls that were never touched with human hands. And you know, I don't mean here amongst people <laughs> that related those things before I ever picked up a physical book. Now, people can sit back and say that the creator can't do that. I don't put limitations on what he can do. My grandfather used to always say, son, if the maker want to tell you something, you can write across the sky in boxcar letters and nobody see it but you. I tell people all the time, your eyes don't really fully see everything that is. Your ears don't fully hear everything that really is. The creator wants you to see, taste, smell, anything else he wants you to do. He puts a signal there between those sense organs in your brain. And guess what? You see and feel and hear what he wants you to. Now, the question is, are we going to dehumanize ourselves to say that all we are is physical beings that can't ask for what those scriptures really mean when it says it's the spirit of remembrance, putting all things back together, together again in order? We got a real problem. If you want to limit the purpose of man, and the most ancient word for man is manu, and it means many who think as one. Many is many who think opposingly. But, you know, a lot of those very, very ancient concepts that existed in the monotheist East having an expectation toward one who, quite frankly, they don't even like the terminology they use. Rome murdered millions that people wouldn't know the term curtee. Uh and called instead yeah. this term polytheist word Christ. There's a lot of problems with regard to our communication to keep us from understanding. Because many of us don't go back far enough to find out what the ancient ideas really were. The most yeah, ancient ideas you, really were. Yeah. Before Ed, I'm sorry to interrupt you, man, but before you, you no go problem, further, let me ask you let, let me ask you a question. When you say the many or as one, are you talking about everyone to as a collective? Okay. Or are you speaking of an individual person, it, them, I mean, an individual group themselves? I like I the idea that's, that's that you true. mentioned the concept of many that are one. That is the favorite concept, many that are one mind. Manu was actually the more specific word. Manu, like you okay. say, ooh, me also sometimes means one. Manu was the ancient concept, of one, one of the most, really one of the most ancient words for man. If many don't think concertedly, it was considered, in many respects, I know it's going to sound hard, but a curse, a division, a separation mm -hmm. from the principle of life itself, termination, because we can't have a multitude of individual dualities. Let's put it that way. <laughs> we can't have a whole bunch of different interpretations of everything and say it's the mind of the one maker. That's impossible. But we live in a society today that people want to look around and say 47,000 denominations are Christianity. And if you understand the term Christianity or the word Christ and where it came from, it came from a polytheist word that relates 
someone anointed after all the spirits of all the false gods of Babylon, East, Greece, Rome, and everybody else. They never would have called themselves Christian. There was an ancient term, Kurti or Kurtishanya, which actually means those who look for him, who brings forth the light that cast out all the darkness, revealing the light the world would obscure, and exposing whoever would hide that greater exceeding light or invariant light from you. But we live in a society today. Think about what Rome did as an empire. Just sought to incorporate everybody just to ultimately to create uh, tribute tax to preserve its own ideas, calling Messiah a Christ, my goodness, which would have been a total insult because that's say he's insane, <laughs> insanely polytheist, which makes no sense. There's no salvation, no healing in that unto one mind at all. Most don't realize what the, the, the lie that Rome told. Think about this for a minute. This is the most amazing thing when you really put it together in your mind and you realize what actually happened. All the prophecies spoke about what actually did occur, they don't tell you. Some 40 years before Messiah's birth, Rome came in and slaughtered all the Judean priesthood. Now, I say that at that time it was a Judean priesthood for a reason, from Maccabean times. It's another thing to talk about. But what they did is they slaughtered all the priests, set up the Levitical, uh, Levitical priesthood, um, really after a lot of hypocrisy. They later would even go as far as to say because so many of them were slaughtered. They say we're going to have, to have this one Messiah himself killed, let the Romans come upon us. And they said, they said before Pilate, we have no king but Caesar. Now, that's a very hypocritical situation. They said we have 11 of the corruption of the scribes and Pharisees, you know, they puffed you up with nothing. Okay, let's look at this, what they did. Even though the book of Daniel prophesied and talks about the hypocrisy of the priesthood that existed before the coming of Messiah, it talks about uh, the priests making an agreement with the sons of the prince who will come to destroy the city. We know Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 A.D. Most people don't mm. understand the significance of what it means when Jerusalem was destroyed. No longer did the people have a place to come together from the midst of all nations as they did during the feast to reason together one night. Now, uh-huh. when they destroyed that place where for which they came to be of one accord, they left the people subject to all the variances of the nations where they were. That's a serious problem causing discord or, uh, let's just say, an inability to co- coalesce the mind. Messiah told him to look, don't, work, don't, 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 don't mourn for me or cry for me while he was on the stake. He said, uh, mourn for yourselves and your children, knowing, knowing what was going to come. Rome continued to murder folks for the next 400 years to silence what was truly monotheist concepts. And even worked to, let's just say, predispose the minds of both Jew and Gentile against an absolute truth. Now, you're going to tell me that the apostles conferred apostolic authority to go forth and preach the same word to everyone under peace, unto the very ones whose intent, when they came into the East, monotheist East, was to totally destroy the purity of a monotheist faith. Polytheists came in to totally destroy and even murder them. And you're going to tell me that they conferred authority over to Rome? And people don't realize what the scriptures actually say. It said once those intrusions come in, the second Thessalonians, they said it was going to continue in a corrupt form. Like I say, people having all these overlays of corruption until Messiah's return. I asked a simple question. What gave them the right to call Messiah after a Masonic if you want to put it that way, Jesus Christos, which I could 
If I really were to explain it, I can tell you, that goes all the way back to Nimrod. It goes all the way back to Osiris. It all goes all the way back to Tammuz. I mean, really. I mean, the scripture says they would create a counterfeit having horns like a lamb and speaking like as a dragon, uh, exercising all the authority or power or, let's just say, reasoning or misreasoning, if you will, of the previous beast that sought to murder those who had the truth. Now, the question to ask, I ask people, that there's been nothing to fully restore yet that initial conscience that was before those times. And I'm talking about before the turn of the first century. Uh, my question to ask, are people just satisfied with things remaining the way they are, or will we look at the times we are living in right now that the leaders don't tell us what those signs are? They don't even mention it. What really are those signs that say that we're in the midst of turmoil even right now, that some of us realize that the system is broken and never did work and was never founded on anything right? Like I said, they tell you you have an inalienable right to, like I say, to lie. <laughs> realize that these things are happening right now, so some of us realize that the system is broken, doesn't work, we're beginning to prepare for something greater that they were never prepared for or unless they prepared for by their leaders ever before. So the leaders have all wanted to, let's just say, keep all the various territories of this world divided under them, but they're not the maker. Okay. We don't realize what's really happening. Most of us don't want to realize what's happening because the pastor, I'll tell you what pastors told me, a lot of pastors told me oh, a bunch, bunch of times, hey, man, if the people will buy it, <laughs> we'll sell it. He said, then it's not about what the Savior said. They used the word Jesus. I would never use it because I know where it came from. They said, it's not about what Jesus said. He said, it's, a, it's, it's about us learning a profession. And those things you're talking about, hey, I've had a bunch of them tell them, say, yeah, you're trying to do this right, but if you can get these people to understand that, we'll come and help you. But I, they've already proven that they're a bunch of hypocrites. They don't have any intention to do it. They keep people drunk so that they can have someone to continually devour while they never address what really needs to be addressed. Now, here's something I can only tell you, and we can talk about this more if you want to, because I don't want to just talk all the time and all the other people want to say something. But on, if you, on my, I can tell you where you can look at on my, both of my, uh, well, mostly on my, on my Facebook page. On January 19th at 7.04, I can only tell you that I got up from the table, and in getting up from, up from the table, there was something shook my literal bones. And I knew there was a tremendous shaking in the spirit. Two weeks before, Most High told me, say, all this world's a pile of mess, and you ain't taking none of it. And he said it to me all night long, for two nights straight. January 19, 704, I felt that serious shaking in the spirit. And I said, oh, he's getting ready to do something about this. And he said to me, point blank, this time he's going to shake things up and get people's attention. And he will not be satisfied the people begin beyond all this cognitive dissonance to give consideration what they never were willing to give consideration of before. Now, uh, that's, 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 that's on my Facebook page that I told everybody before this coronavirus COVID thing came into existence, what mm-hmm. or came into everybody's more conscious in mind. What I would tell you is all the prophecies said the Most High is going to immobilize the society, if you want to put it in a, in a few words. Well, people will realize this system, they can't get from this system what they need. 
And then they will look for another or greater way. It's called the drying up of the rivers, seeing beyond the mindscapes of men to prepare the people for a greater king. That's what's written. Now, if the leaders don't talk about that, that's their fault because it's there. I can tell you about what the scripture says is going to suddenly have to occur to get the people to finally have to see the truth. But they won't talk about that. I call it the secret city prophecies. It's written, I can tell you, places from Genesis to Revelation that it's mentioned. My question to ask is this. If seeking the spirit that would teach all things so we don't commit injustice, because if you ever judge according to a partial stage standard, you set injustices in the midst that confuse the people to cause us to be judged, condemned, divided. Scripture says anybody who does that will be condemned if you speak an idle or a foolish word. That, now, people don't get that word foolish. Something that causes people to be deceived, not to perceive what they need to receive. Cause uh-huh. them to function foolish, fleshly. Look at the words keep coming. Let us keep coming back. Foolish, fleshly, fallen, flawed, false law. If you judge after any perception that does not seek all that is justice, the end result will be injustice. And everyone has to pay the cost of being satisfied with not seeking the fullness that is necessary. Most people don't realize when Scripture says saved by faith, faith means looking beyond all the contradictions, asking beyond all the debate and doubt. Scripture says if any man be double-minded, don't let him think that his Petitions to the Most High will receive anything. He said, if you lack wisdom, ask. He said, those, those, the tribes of Israel will be scattered among the nations. He said, let your faith be unto a perfect work. That means beyond all that has scattered you in your conscience. But the leaders are not going to teach it that way because if they did, the people would realize the ones they trust most have been the most treacherous ones of all. Because he said, in petitioning for this spirit, you should teach everything that he commands, everything he brings to remembrance. The leaders can't teach it that way. The grace of the Creator is not a putting away of a law, it's putting away of man's foolish misconceits as false law. Because that's mm-hmm. what the people call their rule. Like they call the police the law. Well, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have police in your society. I'm just saying that this misrule can never be the rule of the Creator. They call Messiah Jesus Christos. You know how long the Druids and people uh, in some of the Germanic territories called on a God called Jesus Christos? People don't realize what they've done. Did we ever learn what is necessary to discern the difference between what was initially given and what the, in the overlay? Did we ever uh, seek to discern the difference, or did they just tell everybody who believed, and especially Hebrew people, that if they continue to keep Hebrew customs, <laughs> can continue to keep Hebrew customs, and call themselves believers, they were called anathema from the Christos, uh, accursed from the Christos. In other words, Rome basically said if anybody was a believer, they can't keep Hebrew customs because if they did that, basically they were under threat of death. People don't realize how much this lie has been perpetuated at the point of a sword, and people call it their freedom because it's all they know. Well, guess what? <laughs> it ain't part of the truth that sets you free. It's all of it. Okay. And this is just the beginning of what needs to be dealt with. Mm. Okay. And, I mean, dang it, you, you put it out there. But here's my, my my question. Okay. All that being said, okay, with all that being said, uh, let's, let's kind of bring it back to where we are today. Let's put it all together, you know, in, in layman's terms, okay, in layman's terms. And, um, Sarge, I know your mic is still open, so... Um, 
But in layman's terms, where we are today, the way we are treating everyone, um, Don was saying uh, about the identities of who we are, who people think we are, so forth and so on. Okay. With all that being said, put it in the bowl, stirring up. How can we fix what, what what's going on today? Real simple. Real simple. Yeah, I'm trying to make it as simple as I can. Uh, Most have quoted this verse, don't realize that it was extant in some form long before there was anybody Hebrew, and it is called the Shema. It says the Most High, all our that should be our rule must be one, period. And it says, when it says love, they don't tell you the word for love in Hebrew is not agape, which is open to everything, <laughs> agape. It's, uh, uh, the word ahava relates a supreme love for all that is divine will beyond yourself. It's this selfishness that keeps us from understanding. We have an obligation. That word for ahava means that you have to tell somebody to seek something they love. So it means seek him with all your mind, heart, soul, and might. No obstacles. Desire there be no obstacles amongst us. Because as long as those obstacles in our conscience exist, can we treat each other truly better? Or are we just consistent liars? There has to come a point in time we have to sit back and say we have no right to lie. So we have, the, only, the only recourse then is to seek the truth that exists beyond all these divisions that we cease to be distractions against our genuine awakening as Manu again. When the scripture is talking about those who believe in him, he gave them power to become sons of Yah, it means gave them the power to reason together as one by one spirit. They're not telling people this stuff as it, as it was really intent. Because you read John 17, it actually says he makes no request for those who won't listen to what is necessary to have one peace again. That's not the way the 47,000 denominations will teach it, nor the seminaries who will pass that same kind of piece of paper to a bunch of folks who want to stand in front of a congregation and say the Most High called them, never did, who just will sit back, like I say, will teach the people whatever they want to hear. Like I said, (laughs) I had a seminary school student coming out of school one time tell me when I started telling what's really in the Scriptures, and he said, hey, it's not about what's in the Scriptures, basically. He said, it's about whatever we can sell, and whatever they're willing to buy, we will sell it. This is a game, and most of you don't want to believe how far away we are from those ancient concepts, so they're willing to pay folks to maintain the illusion, the very illusion that devours us continually. I know for a fact, if the creator get a hold of you right, let me tell you something. It ain't reading words anymore. It ain't like you can just a few, the, the, the little bit of perception you get looking at a at a picture, it's like a doggone movie. You re-experience that stuff mm-hmm. that's written down. But how else are we going to be on one page one day? It's not going to be by any ordinary senses. It's not going to happen that way. They didn't even tell mm-hmm. us that we should even ask for that power. So mm-hmm. they, we don't harness it. There's a serious right. problem with this stuff. Man. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed right. to be disconnected from all that the ancients knew. Mm-hmm. Especially since they were promised that they would have an inheritance disciplined after the mind that, that, that disciplined them. This stuff is insane that, that it's being taught out here. They don't want to connect us to what we really are as human beings or as spiritual mm-hmm. beings. 
Mm-hmm. And in doing that, they keep us divided. We don't know how to treat each other or how to help right. one another or anything right. else. Uh-huh. But talk about, hey, it's be mine, I and doggy dog. You know what? That's I, I not think, gonna work. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There. I, I think um, you hit it right there, and I think I said it earlier in the show. We all human beings, man. I mean, we should treat each other right. But hold on, um, I think Sarge wanted to get get in here. Uh, real fast, but thank you, Ed. I mean, you got yeah, some real knowledge, I, yeah, man. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I will really try to be succinct. All right, I think the notion, this notion, of the collective human mind coming to some kind of mutually approved upon understanding of transcendently objective truth is a chimera at best and utterly deluded at worst. The history of human beings, the primates that we are, and primate does not mean we're great apes. We're not great apes. We're primates. That means we are capable of bipedalism most of the time, and we have opposable thumbs. We are primates. And since we've been primates, we have been tribal. It has been a constant of humanity since it began. In every single group before civilization even existed, there was tribalism. Some for reasons, for fears of disease, some for fear of being conquered. But whatever the reason, it is innate. It is part of our nature. It is part of human nature to be tribal, even in a country like the United States, where the motto is that horrid Latin Roman term, e pluribus unum, out of many, one. Nonetheless, we have 50 separate states with 50 largely different tribal cultures, for instance. I mean, you can hardly say the culture of Alabama or Georgia is like the culture of Maine or Vermont. There's significant distinctions and differences. The significant differences in language, in accent, in uh, uh, customs, in tradition, because we're tribal. Out of many, one doesn't mean we're all going to be the same. We shouldn't be. We've got trade unions. We've got fraternal groups. We've got omegas. We've got alphas. We've got gammas. We've got all these things because that is the nature of human beings. We are not one collective, nor should we ever be. So when I, when I hear these kind of things, I just say, well, look, there is only one way to fix it. There is only one way that we come to a common understanding, not based on, 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 on coming together in some utterly unrealizable, unre- as long as it remains the type of human beings you are with the physiognomy and the predilections that human beings have, it is not possible for us to become part of a collective. We're not going to do it. I don't want to do it, and most people I know don't want to do it, but here's what we can coalesce around, and which is what we, many people in civilizations have been working to coalesce around since the beginning of civilization. That is a common agreement about what constitutes the most important aspect of civilization. That is the rule of law, the belief in the right, certain inalienable rights, particularly those as expressed in that tribal document, the Declaration of Independence the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, however you see it within your tribal affiliation, provided it does not run afoul of the rule of law. And I think that's the only way we ever come to this notion of collective understanding of what is transcendently uh, objective human truth. There is no other way. We are going to remain tribal as long as we're human beings. It's part of human nature. And that's all I have. Well, say it all, why don't you, Sarge? Say it all. All right, go and check your blood veins now. You know, I don't like you popping blood veins when you get to talking. You know what, Sarge, though? 
uh, what we have a lot today is, is distortion. A okay. lot of distortion has been introduced into the conversation about historical untruths. That's what's happened recently. I mean, utter distortion and flat-out lies, flat-out Marxism and Bolshevism, which is as tribal as you can get. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, stop, 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 sorry. to lay and
I have mm-hmm. friends that live in Portland. I get uh, videos almost nightly, and I don't see all that, that that craziness going on from where they are. But you turn on the news, or no matter what station it is, you see all this other stuff going on. But the videos I'm getting, it's not happening. So where is it being started at? Where is it happening at? That's why you have to look deeper than what's being shown to you because you, nine times ten what's being shown to you on, on the tube or where else, it, 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 it's not the truth. Now, with all that being said, let me bring Maze in here real quick. All right, Maze, you there? How do you know it was me? Because <laughs> I know the Hello? conversation we had. Yeah, go ahead, oh, okay. But I'm saying, what do you think about when you hear somebody say Marxism? What does that mean to you? When they say Marxism? Yeah, when you hear that, what does it mean to you? I think about communism communism and all that nonsense. Uh Uh-huh. But then when you turn around and see somebody working with the communists, with with, with Russia and all of this stuff, they don't think that's Marxism. But what you said is true. It's just because of an election. It don't matter which side it is. They just uh, uh, they need to start doing something now, not later. And then you got these people watching all of this stuff that they focus with your eyes to focus on. And you look and have friends in different places like, that's not happening there. It's just the places they want to show you. And the best places. And I said when I saw these, these, these lady governors, I mean mayors, and I some of them had to happen in their towns and not anybody else's. And the same thing going on, but nobody's looking. They're just watching those ladies. To make it seem like they're the baddest thing that is on the con- They're not doing their job. Which is kind of stupid. If you really look at it. Because this country is in trouble. And by, then I think when it does settle, they ain't going to even own it themselves. Trying to keep somebody else from having a piece of it, they're not going to even own it. That's what I think. And then you got these Marxism people and all these people walking around talking about Marxism and fascism and all this stuff. Sit down with it because we don't even know what that is and don't even deal with it. And that's what I think about it. <laughs> that's my choice and what I think about it. <laughs> That's how you're right. Playing. You don't know, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I feel about it. I agree completely, You're right on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I get you to the, I mean, <laughs> But you still get to be hearing the same thing over and over again that's repeated by other people, and then you hear some of us, some of the pepper, sprinkling a little, trying to sprinkle it out to the people. That's not right. As you get out, you no, believe hold on, you can see hold different on, things. Hold on, Maze. Hold on, Maze. Okay. Hold on, Maze. All right, y'all. We're going over a little bit. So if you're not on the, the lines, you may need to get here. Uh, the number is 347-838-8622. I don't know if you'll still be able to listen in the chat room. So if not, hey, come on. Get on the phone line. All right, go ahead, Maze. Yes, yeah, but with technology and everything, I say when the dust is settled, they might not even own America because they don't want to share it. And what are they going to do then? We're going to have to sit back and watch the North and the South again fight each other. I told you it had nothing to do with us. So with that, I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Mr. Talk, these new Confederates ain't in the South. They're in places like Portland and New York telling the federal government they got no business being in there or defending Fort Sumter, or should I say federal property and federal We ain't talking about no Fort Sumter. We ain't talking about the North and the South. They're not in the South. They're in Chicago. They're everywhere. They're fighting against each other. So you want to react like you want to. They're not in the South. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right. So 
Oh Lord, have mercy. They're in the south. <laughs> I, I mean, they they they're in the north. They they're everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So here's the question though: Should federal troops be be um sent to the to a city if they're not requested? Should they be sent there? How many How many times in American history has this been done? Federal troops were sent in force federal law. You ever heard of Mississippi University in Mississippi? Man, when James Meredith went to integrate it, John Kennedy sent in federal it's troops. It's a whole different we story. What are we looking at now? Wait a minute. Hold on, Sarge. Hold on. Hold on, Sarge. Really, Sarge? You know, no, Sarge. You're gonna have a. You're gonna blow one. Okay. Listen. Everybody now, interrupt cannot, me before I get finished, and I don't even take cannot, long to say what I got to say. You cannot use that as an example. That's. I mean, no. really, sorry. Yes, I can. It's been on law, sir. Yes, I can. It was done for exactly okay, the same reason. So, first federal law. No. Okay. So you so you taking the instance where where. <laughs> No, you don't. Your argument? Look, this is 
it's, it, yeah. I mean, it's not true. But what it's I was not, what I was saying, what I was saying yeah. is like, look at uh, what the Trump, Trump. I mean, uh, Hillary, 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 they got in the truck. So Trump is playing the George Wallace deal. You let's listen to him. But what his cousin had to say about him? Do you think it is she lying or is she telling the truth? Who? Say that again. Trump say it more. I mean, Trump's niece. Okay. His you niece? Lying or she's telling the truth. Yes, his niece. No, she's telling the truth. Okay. She's telling so what? <laughs> That's but, 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 but you know, but you know what? No one made honestly. She can tell. She can sit up there and, and come up with paperwork, whatever. And those that's going to believe are going to believe her, and those that don't, aren't. So, uh-huh. you know, she's getting her 15 minutes of fame, um, and it's going to be okay because it's not going to change anything. No. Because we know his base, about... his base is his yeah. base. They're going to believe anything yeah, he says. They're not going to believe anything against him. So it is what it is. But when you have – when I was what I was looking at is, like, the things that he, his lawyer said – these people that were hung with him and was close friends with him, and the things that they were saying, and he keep blocking everything. That makes you suspicious about everything he blocks. He got to take you to court because you want to do something. You know, and then he got so been, many in, from, but from mate, the people he done destroyed life. If, if you follow Donald Trump before he even got into the presidency, yes, he was, didn't even, have even, with, even, even with his um, projects, you know, back in the day, you know, anything that was negative against him. One or two things he was gonna do. He was gonna try take to disclaim you. He was gonna sue you. Now take you to court. Yeah, yeah. that's it. But what I didn't understand was what I was understand was when he went to Oklahoma, he wanted the people to sign papers so they couldn't be sued. But that's what he loves to do. Now, what's wrong with people following stuff like that? Trump got because then, once again, if, if if you if you notice if you notice with um 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 da 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 his his niece. Mm-hmm. You know, first thing he yelled was, well, she signed a uh, non-disclosure agreement, so she really can't do it. You know, and, and that that's that's another one of his things. If anything you do with him, nine times ten, you got to sign an uh, NDA, okay? Mm-hmm. You got to sign one. And that's to protect but, him no matter what. And if you violate that, then he has a chance to take you to court. So you know, which basically, becomes, which basically becomes to bullying you because nine times mm-hmm. ten, you can't afford, you know, to do all the, to get all the, the lawyers and stuff you're going to need to, the, you know, to fight it. Mm-hmm. Just that simple. Yeah. I mean, I it is, it is, it's just a game that, 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 that they play, you know. And it looks good. It looks good on outside, you know. It looks mm-hmm. good to the followers or whatever. You know, it, it does. It looks good to the followers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, can I say something here, Mr. Mr. Dog? It'll be quick. I'm but anyway, Mr. I'm, I'm leaving. Mr. Pashas, leave those words where they came from. Because uh, we don't understand that. You're losing us. Yeah. I thought you didn't know what that was. <laughs> so we ain't interested, in interested in that. Okay. Have a good one, Mr. Right, Dog. You too. Okay. All right, hey. go ahead, Dog. Hey. Yeah, well, she said she didn't know what fascist meant. Now she knows I'm a fascist. Anyway, well, prominent, you know, this is a, a, a rapper named Seth Foe. Seth Poe has a message for white people. Now, listen to this. Dear white people, if Trump wins, young niggas such as myself are fully hell-bent on inciting riots everywhere we go, just so you know. Now, if you think this guy is some nobody, he, he ain't that important to Black Lives Matter, he's appeared in all kinds of articles. I've seen him. I've seen 
sick myself off the top of my head, and, and, and it has been others, charting the rise of Black Lives Matter. He's like a chronicler, and he's credited with coining the phrase, this ain't your grandparents' civil rights movement. He was one of well, the co-founders of Hands Up United, a well, so-called I mean, social justice organization that emerged when Mike Brown was killed. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you right. telling me that according to a prominent member of Black Lives Matter and an activist that people don't have the right to vote for their candidate or you can expect a riot? Well, all I got to say to him is this. If he believes that, that's one of the reasons they invented belt-fed machine guns. Well, Sarge, let me ask you this question. Why is it so wrong for him to say it when the president has said that in many uh, rallies himself? Okay, then, so so can he He's but got a First Amendment not. right to say it. And now we've got right. a First Amendment right to respond to it. <laughs> okay, so. So, yeah, so, he exercised the First Amendment right. And guess what? We're going to exercise ours to respond. Well, Sarge, you know what? Then I wish you well. Because what that guy said is true. This is not the grandparents' social civil well, <laughs> rights movement. If they need All right? help, hey, I'm just saying. As Captain Parker of the Lexington Militia said, if they mean to have a war, let it start here. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry. Don't I hate to say it. You know, Sarge, Sarge, Now, we, we, we're both, you know, older gentlemen. Say it Look, look, Sarge. If, if, I don't want to make a statement like I'm going to incite if Donald Sarge, Trump doesn't get elected. Sarge, Sarge, once again... See, you are like you are you are exactly what the base does. You want to repeat what somebody else says, but you forget what he well, has said. Like it's not, oh, like it doesn't mean anything. And he, now, has, huh? he has said this Sorry, sorry. So come on, this president cannot say in a rally, in his rallies more than once, that if he doesn't get reelected, there's gonna be a civil war. So this guy he said no such thing. That's a lie. That's a lie. He never said that. Okay. All right. Said that. All right. Enough. 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 I can't keep going back and forth with you because I, I see where this is headed and it's going nowhere. Okay. Anyway, I say let me get in here one last time. I see he raised his hand again, and we're gonna get out of here. All right, Ed. Give me some closing words, man, before we get out of here. Real quick, man. We need to go and look at what that definition of a politician is. Because the ancient definition is someone who is willing to sacrifice his own conscience and identity to, let's just say, become a chameleon to gain the forces of the people under his hand when he's true to nothing, but ultimately at the end of the day himself. Uh, and that's even a, a Greek roots where it came from. So, I mean, it kind of tells you something. But, man, one of these times, not now. You have to talk about what's right amongst us right now that everybody can see that if we start putting all the pieces together, it's right happening right in front of us, already exists across, I could even say somewhat, what, how much, by the way, six, seven hundred miles of square footage? <laughs> uh, it's probably a bit more than that. That's right in the midst of us that's named, tells where it is and everything else. The scripture says when that place is there and you start seeing some of the signs we're seeing right now, time ain't long. Why does nobody want to talk about what's called the secret city prophecies that exist in some form, some form by every prophet in the whole book of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? And Messiah himself spoke about it too. Why is everybody passed right through all those scriptures? 
over and over again. When the scripture says you're going to ask for the spirit that would bring us to remembrance under one accord, why is it these people are all so treacherous against speaking this? It is because it was when that manifestation comes to bear and everything the scripture says is going to happen there, it will prove them all a bunch of fools, prove them all treacherous. But uh, like I said, that's not what everybody wants to talk about. I can only say this as a closing and talk about this another time because I know you're trying to get out of here. But, man, all I can say is this. When I was running, I guess, my own direction, maybe 100 miles an hour, something came along about a million miles an hour and snatched me in the other direction and said, deal with it, I'm real. But it was more than that. I had an occasion that I could talk about something. I got a chance to see what is called the third Shamaim or the highest place in heaven, if you want to call it that. And I saw thousands, if not millions of beings who were concerted of one mind and all connected with that one mind. And anytime any idea was addressed at light speed, they all it went through every single one of them. And I understood right then and there that they rejoiced in the idea of even rehearsing these ideas across a multitude of minds. And I knew immediately when I saw that, and it was way beyond anything that I could do, because like I said, I know I don't think I don't think of the rate of billions concepts at once, but I heard all those voices at once, at light speed, functioning together. And I knew, I said, Dad Gummit, do you think people really believe that man was created not to think at this level? Or is it that man has turned away from so much uh, after his own ideologies that he's short-circuiting he, the circuit? I know man was created for far more than this. People might not want to believe it, but... Uh, Got news for you. One day, folks are going to have to realize something. I tell people just simply look up Secret City Prophecies and find out what Houston, Texas is, according to about some 30-yard prophecies in the book. That sounds funny, but the prophecies talk about a, a place called Harris in Housetown, and it talks about it being a, a city the ships come to and a nation of, symbolized by a great eagle, a nation of many nations, a city that's one of, going to have to be one of the most diverse in the world. It talks about it being an in, uh, not necessarily an energy, but a, uh, let's just say, a not only, not only ships come to it, but a mercantile capital. It's right in the center of the nation. Think about it. Scripture said be directly to the west of Israel. And Israel's on the 29th, 30th parallel, and so is Houston, Texas. Scriptures talk about the idea about, if you want to put it that way, an oil-based economy in some way. And it talks about it beginning to fail. Now, I can tell you where all these scriptures are, but I just tell folks, please do this. Check out that website. A place called HiddenGospel.com and Secret City Prophecies and understand what has to happen. Because what the major has already said is this. He's going to look at the, bring together all the varying ideas of man across the course of human history, bring them to one place and rebuke them all at once. And this nation is the perfect place that fits that character. And if you really want to talk about what America is, realize that in the East and in Upper Africa, they don't say Americans. They say Amelicans. And look up in Numbers 24 about what they say would be the chief of nations called Amalek in the last days. Now, folks don't want to deal with all this. It's not what the leaders are going to talk about it because it rebukes every single system on this planet and causes them all to look quite foolish. But uh, like I said, they have a modus operandi. And Psalms 2 says, why do the nations rage? And the peoples imagine vain things because the kings of the it is because the kings of the earth have taken counsel against the most high and against his anointed. They're all taking counsel against the truth because they all want their own territory, forgetting that the earth belongs to its maker. 
and not for them to divide after their own varying ideas, shutting down minds <laughs> against becoming the offering that we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Wow. And what can you find that Okay, one more time, slowly. It's, it's all throughout the book from one end to the other. Messiah talks about it in the 17th chapter, but they don't tell you they took one word and tricked it up. The word's different between the word Basile and the word Basileus. They were really asking, when will the king come? Not necessarily first the kingdom, but the king. And it would be just like the days of Lot and Noah. Lot and Noah warned the world of a coming imminent destruction mm-hmm. that would eradicate the confusion. They don't want to tell you this. Right. But, hey, they do what they do to keep the minds offset. But what you need, everybody needs to do is this. Realize that the ancient word for read is not simply what we shall call read and just take it lightly. Before there are words, there is thought. To read is to read or to re-see the initial vision. If you don't ask for what is necessary to see what was in the mind of the author, it's miscommunication, and that in itself is seeing a whole lot of arguments that just simply don't need to be and never should have been if we'd have stayed in contact with the initial mind that those authors were in contact with. I tell folks all the time, I ain't trying to run me. No one to where I am, because where I'm sitting right now, by the time I get out that door, Mason can tell me a thousand more things than I ever knew. All I can do is tell people I wish people could hear that same voice because that's what humanity was really created for. We were not created to be a bunch of imps walking around looking like him and pretending that uh, let's just say we have a connection that we turn away from. How do we expect to hear one voice? I one time, if we, if we all want to hear a bunch of difference, I, different ones. I remember one time asking, crying out to everything that I could see as far as I can see. And I've been in some pretty high places on this earth at some point. In other words. I could see 365 or 360, if you want to call it, all that was around me for quite a bit of distance. And I cried out to what all I can see, because I know that beyond the end of everything I can see is another beginning. I don't let anybody shut down, shut my mind down. And I cried out to it and I said, you know, this order in the universe, man is the one that's out of line. And I asked that question about, you know, what, what is going on here that man is so inconsiderate? And he, the universe cried out, and I heard everything around me. I mean, land, sea, air, skies, farther stars, if you want to call it that, cried in one voice. Why do we want to hear another voice? There's one mind that set all things in order. Why do we want to hear another voice? Why do we want to echo the voice? of those who would victimize us and keep us victims and victimizing others generation after generation. Now, I know what I heard, and I know what I saw. I didn't make myself see it. <laughs> I know what happened. Now, people can say whatever they want to, but I have, well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. That name, Eddie Meow, you see there? I was born with a name that amongst his meaning uh-huh. is he was, he was who witnesses what is with Yah. In fact, even who guards what is with Yah. I was born with that name. My parents didn't even know how to, how to vocalize it. They knew its spelling. They were told to give it to me, but they didn't know how to, how to pronounce it. All I know is when I got about 27 years old, he said, what I've called you, you must become. Check out your name. He said, one day you will know what it is to be with me, and then they will know. People can take that any kind of which way they want to. Personally, I'm well beyond being 
let's just say, affected by anybody's mockeries or suppositions or saying they don't believe. When you're seeing something and you know it's way beyond yourself and you can't bring yourself to that conscience on your own, guess what? You know something much bigger than you is going on. I don't fight that power. I choose to sit back and say it's more rational than me. So I choose to walk with it because I've seen something one time. It's kind of like a big old tidal wave coming. And, boy, if folks ain't moving in time, it's still going to wipe out everything whether folks are ready or not. So I just tell people, say, look, the fire is going to burn everything that's not like itself. Uh, let's just say realize that <clears throat> something is coming that's going to make this world become what it was created for, and only the most wise of us are going to humble ourselves enough to realize, like you told me, he said, your words are not for everybody. Words I gave you are precious. They're not for everybody, but they're only for the most humbly diligent soul. And unless we realize that there's something beyond what we so quickly are willing to accept, we keep ourselves in a cage for telling the creator that he is not greater. And that is a huge, huge problem. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Now, I mean, everybody got a little homework to do, <laughs> which is always a good thing. Homework is always good. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. All right. Well, thank you, Ed. I do appreciate all the knowledge appreciate you dropped it. on us today. And uh, you appreciate have a great week. Okay. Um, that's going to do it, man. We we got to get out of here. <laughs> Very uh, thought-provoking, uh, informative, oh, active show which is always great. I want to thank Don for Philly who called in as well. Um, of course, Mays, you know, we always love you, Mays. Cuz, thank you for hanging out. Um, American Indian True, uh, everybody that was in the chat room, thank y'all. I, I love you to death. Um, it's been fun. Uh, we're going to try and be back next Monday. I don't know. See, like all my partners and things pop up on Mondays after I do a show. I don't know why, but it do. If I don't have anything going on, I'll be back next Monday, okay? <laughs> Can't promise. Y'all know this time is crazy. Have to get to get in when you get in. But once again, I want to thank everybody for hanging out with me. It's been fun. Um, hey, hope you learned something. Hope me. Hope you 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 made you want to go and look up some things and you found some information out on your own. Hey, remember, it's, it's what almost less than a hundred days for the election. Hey, do what you do. I'm not going to tell you who to, um, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you who who um, to vote for because I really don't care who you vote for. Just get out there and do it. But what I am going to tell you is don't just concentrate on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, okay, because you have other individuals that supposedly are supposed to represent you in Congress, and if you don't feel that they're doing that, now's your chance to change that, Okay. That's all I'm saying. All righty. So that's going to do it. I want to say thank you once again. This has been, oh, let me tell you, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with open heart, but make sure you're forgiving yourself first. And the biggest, best thing, learn to laugh at yourself because you can laugh at yourself. Everything else is just groovy, okay? And keep living, people. Keep living. You know, don't let nobody slow you down until you can't achieve anything in life that you want to go after. You know, you just got to keep living, keep pushing, or as the kids say today, keep grinding. Just keep grinding. It'll, you'll get there. All right? So, without further ado, man, I'm going to get out of here. 
Y'all have fun. We're going to take you out of here with some. Let's go with some temptations. I ain't too proud to beg. And uh, we'll see y'all next Monday. Have a good one. We out. I know you want to leave me. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.